Welcome to Life in the Music Business, a masterclass with Professor Booch and your host, Bass Face. Hey, how's it going, guys? And welcome back to Life in the Music Business with Professor Pooch. Pooch, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm doing good. I'm pretty awake. I, I don't know what happened, but I'm getting worse and worse. I've been going to sleep like eight or nine in the morning because I really don't feel like going to sleep. And I get up about four or five in the afternoon. And, and what's really funny in the wintertime is that, I mean, I go to sleep in the dark and i wake up in the dark <laughs> and it's it's kind of strange i'll tell you because yeah. you know I'm, I'm not out in the open so uh yeah but yeah. Uh, no everything's cool i feel great uh had a busy day already as usual you know dealing with clients yeah. friends and stuff good good yeah the, the nocturnal life can be interesting sometimes but you get a lot done well that's the key i get a lot done if, if it's hard to make people understand. I, I don't know the answer, but between 4 and 6.30 a.m., my mind is at its sharpest. It starts getting really sharp around midnight, but between 4 and 6.30 a.m. But I mean, look, you know, I still have to do meetings at 4 in the afternoon and 5 in the afternoon. I'm fine. But uh, uh I like shooting these shows. We, folks, in case you don't know, we shoot at midnight, <laughs> okay? Summer's in around there because we have lives too and, you know, clients and things to do. Yeah, know? exactly. I run sessions and then soon I'll make sure that my last session is like 11 so I can come in at 12 and be perfect and take a couple minutes to set up and then we're good to go. But we've been doing this for, I think it's almost been coming up on we three We started months. on October. October 9th, I think. And we're shooting this today is January 4th. We've been going steady. The only day we took off was Christmas, and I believe we have a good excuse for that. Yes. <laughs> but he's supposed to be enjoying their families and enjoying the, the time that you guys have together, you know, because time is a sacred thing. And oh boy, yeah. Every moment is one moment, you know, the moment it's gone. The moment gone you you know so you have to make the most of it you know we're not here forever at least not on earth yeah you were right yeah it's uh october 7th was our first episode it's about to be our three month anniversary so ah <laughs> do i get a gift yeah, <laughs> yeah. We get out to the check <laughs> uh what i was thinking about we had started i forget what we did last episode but we're if we jump around anyhow, but it's all important. But a lot of what came up today in my career life, it was contracts and stuff like that. And don't worry, folks, I keep it in simple language and you'll understand everything that's going on and stuff like that. Uh, one clarity again, I'm not an attorney. I'm a contract specialist. I do all the contracts an attorney's going to do in entertainment law. And that's something I should bring up that's very important. You know, I, you know, I'll look at a contract that somebody negotiated and I'll say, wait a minute, something's weird here. Did you go to a lawyer? Oh yeah, I went to a lawyer. Uh, what kind of a lawyer did you go to? And that was the problem. They actually made it worse for their clients because they didn't know the music industry, which is a very strange industry, 
Yeah. Uh, this business is different than any other business in, in that it has a creative side and a business side. So it gets really crazy. But please, use an entertainment attorney. Now look, you should do, you know, how do you find an attorney, pick an attorney? Of course, you can talk to somebody that's been using somebody, you know, ask how they are and stuff like that. I mean, look, there's good and bad of everything. And the good and bad of every position. I mean, they kid about lawyers, but there's some very cool lawyers, you know, and you just got to do a search. It's like I tell people, you know, even me, you know, you know, why should you trust me? You know, what do you know about me? Except we're hearing these pooch casts and stuff. But, but the, you know, the truth is you should look me up, you know, put Professor Pooch in Google or whatever your uh, web browser is, or just go to professorpooch.com, check me out. But just like with attorneys, check out people I deal with. You know, you know, you know. I I, can, I can't name names. It won't be fair. But there's nothing wrong with you know asking about their clients and and you want to ask their clients. Well, do they treat you fairly? Are they quick? And some people complain. This is where we run into a problem today. Uh, this is I'm going to tell you a true story. This happened about ah seven or eight years ago, and this guy finds me he's from he was in i think coney island new york i don't know it's years ago and he found me and he says i heard you can handle these contract kind of stuff i said well, okay what's your situation he says well i've been negotiating up and back i'm an artist and i've been negotiating up and back with this manager now for it seems like almost two years and i, I said huh what <laughs> you know uh uh, what happened, and to make a very long story short, basically, hey, look, lawyers get paid by the hour usually, okay? And like I said, there's good and there's bad. Well, I felt really bad for the situation. So I sat down in a room with them. There was no Zoom back then. I sat down in a room with them at that time. And in two hours, we had it all settled and it was done. Let's make music, you know, kind of thing. My thing is, you know, you, you want to know that they're quick, but accurate. They know the industry really well. You know, there, by the way, even in the entertainment industry, there are certain lawyers that major in one part of it. They might major in music. Others might major in film. Others might, you know, in the fine arts. I mean, I've had fine arts attorneys in New York hire me to do the music. You know, it, music business stuff. So there are different kinds of attorneys. Check them out like you would check anybody out you're going to deal with whether it's me you're hiring a singer for your band you you're about a partner who wants to join in with you and run your business with you check them out you know of course you got to do research especially when your name is on the line and your career i mean most importantly yeah your name your career well your name is your career <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah, really just be careful. You're lucky nowadays. I mean, the old days, I mean, I, I could go, what they would do is hire me to go grill the person or just sit in the room uh, while they talked and I could read between the lines if the person they wanted to work with made sense or whatever. But nowadays with the internet, oh boy, it's great. You know, the, the thing is you're going to find good things about them, bad things about them, maybe both. You might find nothing about them, which tells me something too.
Okay, yeah. you want somebody that's that somewhere's in there. They should be identified somewhere's in a search engine, you know. But yeah, if you could talk to people that have been with them and, and you know, like with managers, it's easy. You, you uh, if you want to sign with somebody, you know, if I'm the artist, I'd say, well, can you give me, you know, some of the clients, your ma- people you're managing right now, and I want to talk to them. And they shouldn't mind that, you know, unless it's, you know, super private. Some people are really, really hairy about that. Uh, I mean, some of my <laughs> clients or associates are—they don't want to—they want to be kept out of the limelight, dealing with the public. So it, it happens. But when you're first starting out, you should not have that problem. Yeah, I don't blame them at all. No, you should—you should be careful. I mean, you're going to be spending time with whatever. The law, you're hiring the lawyer for whether it's a, for a record company or whatever this or that or whatever, you know? Yeah, and I've been running that into uh, running into that a lot recently with um, some people that I've been working with, uh, trying to do partnerships with their best friends and all this stuff. And <laughs> yeah, I, the famous last words, bit. <clears throat> I've heard these all through the years, by the way. Oh, but he was my best friend. This is after the fact they got screwed, all these people, okay? Yeah. It was my sister. <laughs> okay. Look, if you're gonna be with friends and family, want to work with them, there's no law against that. But make sure they understand you're not just being and I find this with bands a lot. A lot of band members. You know, a band uh, you might be, you know, that your cousin, let's say you're the leader of a band. Your your cousin's a really good t- guitar player and you need one. Hey, you'd be perfect. But you have to have a talk with that guitar player and say, look, this is my life. This is my career as a business. We have to treat it as business. And if I have to let you go, I have to let you go. You can't just use the cousin card on me or the brother card on me, you know. Well, I get, and if you have other band members, they're going to be pissed if they see you treating somebody differently than them. That just ain't cool. So it is a little touchy working with friends and relatives and stuff like that. I found that myself personally. <laughs> At the end of the day, you just kind of, if you're going to do something, it's like, it's, there's certain situations for everything. But I found that when it came to like the studio work and the stuff that I do, it's always best for me to just be the one that is making those decisions <laughs> for myself. You know? Well, I mean, who knows you better than you? Yeah. But, you know, it's nothing wrong with getting somebody else's opinions on things. Yeah. You know, things like that. By the way, what that also brings up, I was mentioning lawyers and managers. There are certain lawyers that want to be your manager and certain managers that want to be your lawyer. Now, the question is, do you want the same same person for both positions? That's a tough one. How can your lawyer check up on your manager if they are your manager? (laughs) You know what I mean? It gets hairy. Now, I've seen a lot of attorneys do this. If they become, they, you want me to be your manager, then we're going to have to get you a different attorney. And that's the way it should be. It's simpler. It's less conflicts. I mean, you don't want to use their best friend either. You, you know, yeah. you have to find. That's why you got to do research on people. It comes back to it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame. You know, you need to check them out. The other thing I was going to bring up, uh, people say, well, isn't that going to be really expensive? Yes, it can be. There are entertainment attorneys. The lowest one I know charges about two fifty an hour, and the largest I actually ran into this in New York. 
there's an entertainment attorney that charges 1500 an hour. Now, so that can get really expensive. Yet, at the same point in time, it's super important before you deal with anybody for anything, for any reason, you should have it on paper, you know, through a contract. Now, how do you handle this? The idea is you want to find a great one. They don't have to be the most expensive one, first of all. But attorneys can be helpful in other ways. You know, let's say, you know, that if they're going to represent you, they might, let's say, represent other artists and you're a songwriter. You know, it might be an easy road to that artist through them. Mm. I mean, there's ways you could think of it because they're going to have other clients. And I run into this and it comes in very handy, you know, and I also check, you know, what their, their clients are and it's helped me on several occasions on that kind of thing. Now, the question is, people say, well, I don't got that kind of money. Well, work out something with them. You know, there's sometimes you can work things out, but the key is, let me tell you this bad part. People come to me way too often with, pooch, get me out of this contract, pooch. And then, that's where it gets really expensive. And a lot of your career might have been wasted dealing with the wrong person you never should have signed with in the first place. That's a tough one right there. Yeah. Oh, I, I know. There's some things there's not an easy answer. Yeah. Oh, the worst thing I find, oh my God, they'll either buy or take off the web these free contracts. Now, folks, how can they be, when you buy a contract off the web, how could it be made that it totally fits you, the person, and your situation? That's why, and you probably, this is about the 15th time you've heard from me, it's not always in a contract that can hurt you, it's what's been left out, that if put incorrectly, will save your ass. Well, you better check, and what we're gonna do today uh, one of the things I want to do is go through some of the things in contracts that are left out quite often. And, you know, let's, so let's talk about them. <laughs> okay, let's, oh, the, the one I like the most. When I get together, let's say I'm getting together with an artist or whomever and, or producer, because artists and producers both have managers often. And... You know, when they're bringing me a contract from this manager, da, 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 da. well, the first thing I always do is I look them up. I want to see who's given, you know, who they are that are offering my client. I'm very overprotective of anything, okay? I, you know, they're going to, uh, we want to check out who's given the contract. Now, the, the other point I wanted to bring up is, and I lost my train of thought. Ah! Uh, but, 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 nothing like ADD, folks. Let me tell you, it's very interesting. It, it hits you at weird times because my mind will, at least it's good for ADD people watching me because you have no idea what I'm going to say or do next because I have no idea what I'm going to say or do next except discuss the topic. Okay, back to the uh, contract. The things that, the first thing I'm going to ask them, believe it or not, is, have you ever signed, I'm going to ask the artists, have you ever signed a contract with anybody else before? And I can get one of several responses. One, nah, never have. That's fine. And then there is, yeah, but it's over and it didn't cover that. Now, I want to know what it didn't cover, okay? 
uh, I, was, I usually say, let me see a contract that you sign. Now, like this has happened several times. Modeling with a you know, a model, a mm. woman or male model, or also want to get into the music business. Well, okay. I said, let me see your modeling contract. And a lot of times it'll have the t- words in there, live performances. So unless the contract's over and I see that it's over and you got to make sure a contract has an end date. It's not going to give you a number, but you know, there's a definite ending to that contract because if it's not, if this modeling contract had ended, no problem. But if you're modeling with one agency or whatever like that, and they use the thing live performing, what are you going to do as an artist? They're, they're covered there too. Now what I've done in cases and it's been okay because the, the people were cool you know, and these large agencies and stuff, I'd say, look, we want to separate the performances and change it into, you know, just for modeling, you know, on stage, runway, print, whatever kind of modeling they're doing. There's different kinds of modeling. Some do all, but a lot of them are print ones, you know, other ones. There's just hand models, believe it or not, you know, and foot models and things like that. But you know, I want to make sure it's over and done with and out of the way. Okay, so there's be careful of that I usually tell people they're going to be managers. Make sure the person's really out of the contract, and we'll get more into that later. But I want to get back to where we work. Now, the next thing I usually ask if after I see if they've signed or haven't signed a contract, the next thing I'm going to say is, what did the manager? I'm going to use manager in this case. What did a manager say they were going to do for you? Okay. And I'll ask them that before I go through the contract, because I want to see in the contract if it covers anything and at least alludes somewhat to the things that they're being promised. And if not, I'm going to put it in. I put in stuff. They would promise you that. Okay. <laughs> you know, because a lot of people promise. Because if you ever look at a contract, there's going to be a couple words, just one or two, three words. One will say, this contract supersedes any oral or written contracts from before. In other words, it takes precedent over. It takes power over it. So what they're saying, excuse me, what they're saying in effect is that, you know, whatever we told you before, you can forget about that. The only thing that counts is in this contract. And that's really important. I've actually gotten people out of contracts because I put that kind of stuff because I was wary about the manager. It depends, you know, if I know the manager is okay or whatever. But if I'm wary about something doesn't smell right, but they really want to go with that manager, I'm going to put in these promises. And I've gotten people out because I say, well, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. And by the way, work gets really expensive of when working with an attorney is if you don't have a contract in the first place. Because if they have to get you out of a mess, that can get very expensive. And since I'm not an attorney, I have very little leeway. I can't do what an attorney does, like take somebody to court or things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but that's where it can get really expensive to get your life back. And I'm going to think about a couple of stories, but I'm not going to tell them right now because I have to be careful. I don't drop names. And uh, just well-known kind of situations that these things came up with. But these are very important things, you know, 
to think about when signing a contract. Remember, you're signing with the person, not a piece of paper. Okay. Other things that are said, one of my, I have a lot of pet peeves, <laughs> Professor Putin's pet peeves. Uh, one of them is, if you see it at all, I call it a communication clause. You'll never see that word. I call it a communication clause. There's nothing worse for a project, a situation, anything, when you're working with more than one person especially, is not really good communication. Accurate communication, on time, you don't wait to tell somebody something, misinformation, screwed up information, whatever, it's very important. But what you'll see in sometimes, let's say a contract, and you're signing with a manager, shall we say, okay? And it's gonna say, artist has to show me, tell me about any time anybody approaches them, they approach, somebody approaches them for them to, for their services, whether it's a singing in a session, or they want to sign them to a record company or whatever, it, it'll say that the artist has to tell the manager when this stuff occurs. What I always do, if that's in there, I make it go both ways. <laughs> I say, if, if I'm the artist, I'm going to say to the manager in the contract, if you run into anybody wanting my services, you know, for this or that, because it is, why would I, is that necessary? Because let's say a manager doesn't think something's worthwhile and just says, ah, oh, forget it. Where me, the artist, might want to do that. You, you want it going both ways. I, I try to make everything in a contract both ways. Folks, if you read a, any contract between the lines, they're looking out for themselves. My job is to look out for you, or your attorney's job is to look out for you, and you better look out for you. You know, there's nothing wrong with them looking out for themselves. Business, that's fine, but you better make sure that you or someone is someone who knows the music industry inside and out and entertainment law inside and out is there to protect you so you're covered. But always when it says, you know, like, you'll see a thing like, um, one thing you always see, you know, you a whole manager indemnified and harm, harmless. And what that means is if you screw something up and they don't want to have any part of it, if you get in a lawsuit, I, I, we have nothing to do with them on that. You're going to indemnify. You're going to forgive us. You, you, we don't exist. Okay. It's your problem, not our problem. I always make sure that it's two way that, Maybe the manager did something to screw them and hurt them. And that's very possible. They might do something illegal or behind your back or things like that. Very things good. A bribe. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Said or accept a bribe or so any, you know what I mean? You never know. You never know. that. And what about my thing is that, you know, what I've seen is a manager might not want to take on a situation with somebody because they're not getting a big piece of the pie under the table <laughs> and under the table means the artist doesn't get any of that they're taking some of your money that's where you want to learn the industries and, and then see this stuff but you want the manager telling you everything that comes up regarding you and your career it's very important next <laughs> i'm about to keep going Mm -hmm. Another thing that's left out of a lot of contracts is I want the right from the artist to check your books and records regarding my money. 
You might say, manager collects the money and pays the artist. I'm talking in simple language now. Uh, manager collects the money and pays the artist. Uh, well, how do I know I'm getting the right amount of money? And you want the right with your attorney, obviously, or somebody like me. You don't want somebody that doesn't understand that stuff. Uh, an accountant, if it's books and stuff. You want somebody to be able to check out to see if they're accurate and telling the thing. There's always the, the old uh, movie thing with two sets of books, the accurate one for this and a different one for that. And oh, it, it still comes up a lot, folks. But you want to be able to check the books. It's very, very important. Yeah, yeah. No, I figured, I mean, you have a lot to say. So I'm kind of just sitting back and just soaking everything up too. I mean, I'm always touching up and brushing up on all my knowledge. Oh, there's something happening, you know, all the time. I mean, I've been doing this 50 years and I'm still learning things every day. Oh, I could tell you stories. I keep thinking, oh, nothing will top that and something will top that. And I'm not going to get into them because there's just so far out there right now. Another thing, I've been giving contracts and the artist will say to me, well, the manager gave me this sample contract that they want me to sign and they'll give it to me. And I look at it and uh, what are these blank spaces? How can I negotiate a contract where it says, we will give you blank percent? <laughs> I, I mean, believe it or not, I get a lot of these where they're not filled in. I Look, I say, fill them in, have, have that guy fill them in, and then I'll be happy to look at it. Because percents, money, dollars, it's off the gross, it's off the, you know, what's it? The whole thing, you can't have spaces. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been given contracts like that before where it's like my own name wasn't even filled in, but it was like, here, sign this contract. And it was like everything, no. <laughs> all, the, all the important stuff that was like, all the important stuff had to be filled in and that the time. Right. Taken to me, out. if they're serious about signing you, they're going to have all your pertinent information in there. And I mean, the things I always ask a client when I'm writing a contract for them, I want the person's legal name, their stage name. Is this your company? Is your company have an LLC? I mean, I'm going to want to have that and everything filled in. I'm never give anybody a blanket. I mean, that's like looking down at somebody. Ah, see if you like this, or, or they're just giving these out, you know, like this, <laughs> just to everybody and everybody. Uh, that just ain't cool. Uh, everything should be filled in. And what goes with that also? Always make sure. At the bottom of the page, there's a page number. Now, this might sound weird, but see, it's also very important, and I, it's on all my contracts. I always do it. Let's say there's seven pages. The first one will say page one of seven. The second one will say page two of seven. Folks, what about there's a missing page? <laughs> yeah, things like that. They decide to add something on later. And I actually went into a situation before where I was given a contract for something that I've done. Um, it was a licensing deal, basically. But on the contract, it, it just had basically what my job was and, and everything in the contract. I actually, because I learned this from you, Pooch, at the time, that I actually went in there and wrote one of five, two of five, three of five, four of five. <laughs> To make sure that that person can't go back later and say, oh, Johnny gave up all his publishing rights to the song that we did. Oh, man. And first of all, a publishing should not be, well, it depends. I've seen record company contracts with publishing. You can't do that. They're separate animals. They have to be separate. Uh, but, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, the numbers, 
I've even gotten them with just spaces. Just too many spaces, you know, typing spaces, carriage returns. Mm -hmm. Too many spaces that make me feel really weird. And I'll fill in the spaces when I'm redlining it. Uh, you'll see when an attorney, uh, when I, I run into it every day, when I'm talking with attorneys, what we do, we look at the contract and we type, we set it, set it in review. There's a way of setting it that if I make any change, say I cross out something I don't like, it's going to put a line through it. It's not going to erase it. And if I put something in, it's going to be in a different color. Usually when I, if I, the first person will be red. When it goes back, when they start typing on stuff, it's blue and stuff. And we can see which who's written what on what thing and then when it's all done you just take the colors out and you have a complete contract and that's the way it works that's what we do it by the way that you bring up something um, that made me think of something is that you are allowed legally to write on a contract to fill in let's say it's a videographer's thing and you change the date or whatever and but you only sent one contract out videographer beams whoever's going to shoot your music video say for example and the date's wrong you can this is where you can, this is how legally to change or add something to a contract with a pen what i would do let's say it was for the 25th and they changed it to the 26th and stuff like that for you know to be on location at so and so or whatever for the video you can in pen cross it out and write in the two the right number but both sides have to initial it right there on both sides that's perfect and i also i also recommend initialing the bottom of every page both sides but you can write stuff I write uh, what are known as Schedule A's. Now, Schedule A's, let's say, let's say you start working, uh, basically, you start working with a co-writer. And I'll say, well, how many songs do you have? And you might say two. And I'll say, okay, give me those two names. And then you might slip in, well, we're doing these two, but there's a good chance we're going to do more. And that's where the Schedule is. I'll, what I'll do is, I don't put the numbers. I just put C, Schedule A, that's an attachment at the back. And he, the first part of the contract will have all the directions and everything that needs to be handled. And then, you know, all the fine points, important points. And on the back, I'll list the two songs that are done. And then I'll say, yes, you know, in some form, I'll say, you may add more as long as both sides initial. So I, for you, they say, so what I might do is put one to 10, one, two, three, four, the numbers all the way down. I'll put the names of the two songs you're actually doing right now. And by the way, you're going to run into this a lot. I will bet, basically. Uh, I mean, I run into it all the time. But, you know, you decide, oh, these were great, these two songs. I'm going to do some more. This way you don't have to start a whole new contract again. <laughs> okay? Yeah, and you just add the name of the song. As long as the deal points, they're called deal points, are the same. You're going to split it 50-50 in this case or something like that or 50-50 publisher, this or that. What I've also done, here's another way around it. Let's say, well, all right, let's say you say, well, Pooch, I did all the words and half the music and he did half the music on this one song. But on the other song, the second song, we wrote it about 50-50. So you can actually put, what I'll do is, Instead of using a split sheet, this is attached. The schedule eight is like in a split sheet, but it's with all the right terms that need to be in there. So what I'll do is I'll put, okay, 
you did all the words, say, and half the writing or whatever, the numbers, and you can put the percentages in there. I'll put uh, on the first song, say, uh, writing and publishing. Second song, name, writing and publishing. What percentage share? And you can't have more than 100%. If you wrote the whole song, there's no, nothing to even be concerned with. You wouldn't be dealing with it. If, if you wrote half the words and he wrote half the words, it would say 50 writing, 50 writing, you know, and the music. You have to, you know, if, as long as it's 50, 50, I'm sorry, 50, 50 words and music with each of you. It would be 50, 50. Now, look, when I work with, this is what I do. You might not agree with it, people. But if I'm writing a lot of songs with people, I don't get into, well, this is worth 35.7%. Because what happens is maybe I'll write a little more on one song, they'll write a little more. And who's to say which words and notes are more important than the other words and notes in the song or something? So, and you can add this. So in the schedule A, when we get to the third song, you could put in the amount of, you know, the writing credits and the publishing, what it is. And you, both sides check, you know, you know, initial it off after you write it in. It's a lot easier that way when you, especially when you have somebody you're working with, building a catalog with, like the one artist that I've worked with in the last six months, we have an entire catalog of stuff. And if I had you write a contract for, every single song i mean uh, it, it would be a too much paperwork i mean like i tell people when i write a contract as long as the the circumstances are basically the same you can use the same contract over again you don't have to buy another contract for me i think people think well there's five contracts needed the same thing i'm not going to charge separate for each contract you got one contract you each do you can split the boss for all I care. <laughs> I don't know, you know, kind of a thing. But yeah, it, it, it's common sense, folks, you know. But yeah, the contracts, there's a lot of different small things that go into it that, believe it or not, would change the entire thing. So always look out for that. And it's always the small details and the one word that was not capitalized that should be capitalized. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There's all, all those small things. It's like music to me because every single small uh, detail, uh, they all add up in the end. I mean, that's how great engineers and great songwriters, it's all in the details because they add up. Yeah, it, it's because you need the total thing. You start something. That's, you know, uh, what's the thing I have? Uh, you know, is it started? You know, is, is it finished? You know, as long as somebody is doing it so we actually finish a project yeah. you know some people are good starters and better finishers and things like that you know but you know if, if it's one person it's it's always easier when you get to the multiple people that's where you put things on paper and stuff and some people say yeah but i'm a good fan look folks you each know where you stand you, you know what's going on what's expected of you it stops arguments in the first place yeah especially when you're doing business with people that you care about or that you're close to or grew up with. I mean, it, you could, I've, I've had relationships, relationships ruined because I tried to do business with somebody that wasn't in music, didn't understand how it worked. And, Oh God. Yeah. You know, and it, it we don't need contracts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it unfortunately ended not well because I mean, I had to do what I had to do. And they, yeah. Well, what happens is if, a lot of times you just 
either want to pull something over you or just afraid. But my answer to them is, uh, do you think Dr. Dre or Diddy or Jay-Z work without a contract? No, they work with contracts. They want to get paid and they want to know what's going on there. And, and, and stuff like that. It's just like super important. Yeah. And even sometimes, even if you have the contract, the labels will still, it'll still be a pain to get paid. So that's why uh, Pooch is dedicated majority of his time to the indie people because you will be signing your own checks and be making your own money and keeping track of all that well and actually that's what happened was uh in short <laughs> i'm not gonna go through my whole career it's ridiculous but i worked so many years behind the scenes with more major people and then 2004 i got tired of getting people out of messes let's prevent them from getting into messes in the first place and it's just super important to me. You know, it's just, well, I'm into protecting people. I, that's a big thing with me. If I can, people know they can feel, be, you know, feel protected and stuff like that. Let me see here, um, a couple other things I wanted to cover. I actually made notes for the first time hey. uh, because I thought it was important. The things people run into. <clears throat> Here's another one. Somebody wants to use your song in a film. All right. Okay, that's fine. Now, with major films, it gets real simple. By the way, normally, just so you know, it's how many seconds of the song is going to be used. Is it a key song like the opener or the closer? Is it the underlying tracks going to be used throughout and things like that? That affects the course too. And it could go anywhere from 50 bucks to $100,000 for that song, depending on how well-known it is and popular and everything like that. But let's face it, just like if you're starting out in music, there's people starting out in film and they don't have these hundreds of thousands of dollars to get you. And what you might get, especially with indie filmmakers, will say, well, you could put it on your resume. Now, that's actually good in that you could say, well, I had a song placed with this film and I had a song placed with that film and that's gonna help your credibility. At the same point in time, you can't make a living on that forever. So what I always make sure, now there should always be a contract, and because you have to give them the license to be able to use it. Remember, you can go into professorpooch.com, free library, it's a top link to the right, this is your right, uh, and you'll go in there and it'll say, licensing music for TV and film. This is an important subject. I'll tell you which licenses you need, like, the synchronization for the song, master use for the film, both those licenses have to be there. Now, when, you, when I see a thing and they say, Pooch, look, they just said, you know, they can't afford anything right now and stuff. So this is how I solve that. Because they do want the song out there, they need something now, it might be their first or second placement and things like that. What I do is put little things into the contract, like, Let's say, and you're able to place your film with a big distributor and you got a lot of money. Uh, well, at that point, I want either a certain amount of money or to be able to renegotiate what I'm charging, you know, charging you, which is free now. I want to get paid. If you're getting paid, I want to get paid. And folks, let me tell you, I've seen it on all the DSPs, learn about DSP, digital service provider, like the Netflixes and stuff. 
they got whole indie film sections. There are people that have indie films up. And if they're making money, why shouldn't you make money? If they're not making any money at the beginning, fine, play along. But there should be something in your contract. Remember what I said about things left out of a contract? Well, it's not going to say anything. Well, if we place it with this major film distributor, you know, mm-hmm. you want to be compensated. That's fair. Yeah, of course. Especially when you're doing that type of stuff. Like I've done a lot of stuff, believe it or not. This is probably the first time I've ever really said it publicly, but like I've done a lot of stuff just for the resume. I've worked a lot of jobs just to be able to to like get to that next level. And some sometimes, believe it or not, like I had to go two, three steps back to go ten steps forward. And a lot of people I've noticed throughout my career, it's it's an ego thing. It's like I have no problem of having the humility to put myself backwards to get ahead in the long run because I'm looking at this for 10, 15 years down the line. I'm not looking at this current moment. Ah, you said something very important. Remember that 10 or 15 years down the line. But the, the important part is you're also maybe getting a chance to experience something you never have at a higher level than you've ever been. <laughs> so at that point, it would make a lot of sense to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. This is very important, and I see people do this all the time. They'll see $65,000. We're going to give you $65,000. Well, you better check carefully to see if you get it all at once or when. But also, my job and an entertainment attorney's job is what could happen five and ten years down the line from the stuff you signed today? And it comes up all the time. It will come up all the time that, you know, they're making more money or whatever, and your money didn't go up. You didn't get any more. And that 65000 you saw that they were going to give you, if you read the fine print, it says, well, you get 20000 now. <laughs> and if you do certain things, we'll give you another. You just see these numbers. You can't get hypnotized by numbers. It's like an artist signing with a record company, and the thing that you really want is to be this humongous star and you end up sitting for three years and <laughs> all kinds of things can happen. That's why you got to be really careful. I've heard way too many stories about that with artists, especially artists that I've worked with where they were giving a, they were given a deal for say 250,000 or 500, whatever it was at that moment. But they, they sounded similar to somebody else. So we, we were able to figure out with our attorney and everybody that, yeah, this person's going to sign you, but then you're also going to get put on the shelf. So they remove the competition and let their main artist go and, and become successful because they're always going to worry about the it's business. Competition too. Yeah. And you, you bring up a super duper important because it's in the, if you, I'm not going to get into names and stuff. If you watch the internet, you'll see it a lot. It's in the news all the time. Right now, this is early January, 2021. Uh, there's things about, People saying that certain social media networks brought up other competing networks and then either killed them or made them part of their own. Mm. That's why the government, you read it, you can see it, it's on the internet all over the place. The government's trying to separate the companies, saying it's a monopoly. Monopoly means you're you're controlling too much of the one industry. 
and uh, it's very prevalent right now. Very prevalent. Yeah, that was changed during the Bill Clinton administration. That you were never able to own if one company owned one form of media, you weren't also able to own a, another for another company doing similar things. You know I mean, you weren't able to own a label publishing company and a, and a, a TV channel. But now that's why that all the mergers happened, and that's why there's only six corporations. Yeah. But 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 the problem is, see, things are changing too quickly. Yeah, they so are. made sense back then with no internet and things like that. All of a sudden, things are different. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen more advancement in the last 20 years than probably the, the, the whole generation before us in the last... Oh, God, with computers to speed up everything about everything. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it's hard to keep up with this stuff. I mean, uh, my joke is, well, that's why they pay me the big bucks, because I have to. Yeah. Uh, but... Oh my God, it's just boom, 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 boom. All these, the competition there and they're buying each other out and this and that. My joke was, and it might not be too far off, that by 2050, there'll be one company in the world. I never even you know. know. I, mean, I know that's not accurate, but yeah. yeah, there might be just two or three. I mean, the tech companies are taking over a lot of stuff right now. And uh, they're get, they have a lot of power and the government's getting concerned and people are getting concerned. And at the same point, the government hires them themselves to do work for them. So it's, it gets really crazy. And that's why I didn't want to get into too deep into it. That's it. no, all right. It's all right. <laughs> we touched the surface, but we can go back into the... Uh until I think the end of the end of the, the contract part, because you were talking about a lot of interesting things that have to do with um, the, like the future of getting, like if, if something were to happen, you know what I'm saying? That's what I think is a huge thing to touch on again here is that like you, at that current moment that, that the circumstances may be one way in the contract, but circumstances aside, I mean, if something were to happen and the company gets sold, or the, there's a new president that ends up doing some something crazy, or, you know, he's selling all their stock and they're they shoot payouts, and you're not part of it. But that's something that should be. Well, should be uh, boy, is that a topic? Um, yeah, the stocks and stuff like that are—it's pieces of paper. I mean, it's like a game almost. Yeah. And monopoly. <laughs> yeah, one of the scary things that hit me—I actually put it on my Facebook page. I actually found a dime on my floor. It's just a regular dime. I realized since I got back in North Carolina in March of 2020, I have not spent one iota, nothing, anything, cash-wise. Coins, dollars. I have the same dollars in my wallet that when I came back in March, it's becoming a paperless society. Yeah. You know, with, shall I put it more directly, a cashless society, which is a subject in itself from way off of um, what we're talking about. But it gets, you got to start thinking about all these changes and stuff. Some of it was caused by the virus, you know? I mean, reason we didn't spend cash is because we've had stuff delivered because of the virus or my wife will pick it up at a uh, you know outside they do the shopping for her so it's all done by credit card yeah. and stuff like that and since banks control the the money it's a little scary 
if you don't have bank accounts and stuff, what do you have to spend if you have no way to deal with the bank? Oh, you can get into really crazy stuff. It's that- super complex, but that's the reason, I'll, I'll just say this, that's the reason that Bitcoin has reached its all-time highs this week, uh, believe it or not. So- and they, ju- they just fell. Yeah. Yeah, it, it fell. fell again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And things like that. Well, they're, they're, uh, Facebook wanted to put up their own cash flow, uh, yeah. their own form of Bitcoin kind of a thing. And now, so the governments want to go into banks <laughs> so they can control it, you know, which is good and bad. Mm-hmm. Which is good and bad. Yeah. And one thing I do know, and so we don't get into anything crazy, we've definitely reached the end of this episode. Uh, before we get going for another three hours or something like that. So, uh, yeah, people. Oh, and this month, yes, you will be. We're going to start giving out other episodes. It will be Tuesday and Fridays for these episodes we're doing, Life in the Music Business, with uh, me and Bass Face. Or should I say Bass Face and I? And my mother from her grave will kill me for butchering <laughs> English, you know. Uh but also on Wednesdays, we're going to start doing it within the next couple of weeks. There's also going to be where I go directly onto a topic and go into that topic deeply. And I don't stray off of it like we can do in the show. But the show is important because we want to show the intertwinings of life with the music business. It's all one thing. But there are certain topics like, you know, really going into publishing and what it is, and into managing, you know, and stuff. And so I'm going to handle some of them uh, so that you have a full knowledge of things, too. And then what we do here is showing a lot of it is, yeah, you're learning stuff, but also how to use the information. And you're going to see the secret. I'm going to give you out the secret of how it works. Learn the knowledge. This is the left side of my head. I'm, I, you know, I know cameras are weird. You learn the knowledge, it stays on your left side of your brain. Your right side of your brain is creativity. You need to bring in as much knowledge as you can, but then use the creativity to allow you to create all the ways to use the knowledge. It's like people say you know, to me, Fuji, do you like doing contracts? I said, yeah, it's fun. They're creative because my job a lot of times is if somebody's having trouble with, uh, you know, with a contract or something, I can creatively say, well, you guys can't, can't come to a decision on this part. Why don't you try this? And I'll come up with a creative idea they might not have thought about, you know, and do that or, or whatever. So, yeah, there's a lot of creativity even in contracts. And this should be, you should be, Business-wise, be just as creative on the business end as you or your artist is on the artistic end. It's very important. Very, very important. And again, thank you for everybody that's been liking, sharing, subscribing. Um, we just we just sent out a new newsletter as well. So we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, we're continuing to grow. You know, I mean, the followers and uh, listeners are growing every day. So thank you all for that. And um, like Poot said, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah. Stay tuned for the next episode. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for watching. Tune in for the next episode.